Thank you for joining us. This is episode 40 of Amateur 3D Podcast, a podcast by amateur printers for amateur printers, where we share our thoughts and experience. Our panelists this week are me, Franklin Christensen, and my friends, Andy Cottom and Chris Weber. And Kevin Hello? just hey. Kevin just, you know, needed a week off, I guess. He didn't Too actually tell us, did he? Busy. Oh, busy. Hey, busy Kevin. He told, us, he told us last week, yeah. Oh. Shows how well I pay attention to. He's off having a great time. Well, good for him. We should be jealous. I am. So um, we kind of discussed before we got into the podcast, we kind of wanted to try a little more improvised episode. So the uh, topic we were going to avoid this episode was splicing, but we're not going to hold to that this episode, and we're just going to see how it goes, and maybe episode 41 will be different. And it is episode... 40 right now, not 39. My script is wrong. <laughs> no problem. He got brain. What have you been slicing now? <laughs> yeah, something like that. I love that. So, uh, Chris, or or should we call you uh, Pinky? Pinky, <laughs> what, did, what did you work on this week? Gee golly. Um, I, uh, I didn't print anything this week, actually. I was, I was disassembling my pool table to put new felt on it. Blasphemy. I'm yeah, not far behind well, you, him. We'll get there. You, you, you haven't tried to shoot pool on my pool table ever, Andy, <laughs> so the, the, it's it's pretty bad. You live uh, in the Rocky Mountains. It's uh it's pretty good practice to simulate, you know, hiking through the, the hills while you play pool. Uh it, it was more like playing on particle board without felt. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> Jeez. Well, it'll be nice it, when that is that goes. fair, Chris? Yeah, yeah, it's it was pretty. It had quite a few tears and was just falling apart. But I mean, this table has got to be from the '60s, and kind of uh, has that aesthetic, huh? Yeah, and so you know, the the um, as I was turning it apart, I could you could tell that it had never been disassembled and cleaned or anything at all. So it's just old felts, old. I mean, it's like I'm surprised it's it's even still there and it hasn't just kind of disintegrated. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'll be, it'll look nice when you're finally done with it. And who knows if there's any components that need to be reprinted and rebuilt. You definitely have that as an option too. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Have you thought about uh, printing new corners and all of that? Or are they Possibly. in good enough shape? You're going to keep them. The ones I've got are in pretty good shape, but you know, if I want to change the color, you know, yeah, maybe I can get some colored TPU or something to print some new, new ones out of. That's a that's a good thought. Um, I have those. Seeing that you spent this much money on the new felt top and stuff like that, I think this is one of those situations where maybe 3D printing your way out of that situation is probably not the best way to go when it comes to the cups. But littler things like uh, let's see, your your table's not an auto uh, where it pulls all the, the the balls into one spot kind of table right it's just a traditional has the traditional cups oh no 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 it, it's got the uh uh it, it's got the gravity roll where all of them oh. end up at the other end of the table when you're when they go in the pocket so okay. um you know so that part of it all of those all of that needs to be cleaned up and washed and stuff but um nice. as far as printing stuff goes for this if if i need any parts it might be if something on the counters break. It's got these little 
counters where you push in the dial a little bit and you can rotate it to change the numbers. Yeah. When you're playing so. nine ball or something like that, right? Yeah, it's just th there's 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 um two of them and each has a dial for two numbers. So there's four dials all together so you can keep track of a double digit number. Okay, that's cool. For each person. You could reprint new dials so that you could have four people keeping score instead of only two. True. Yeah. <laughs> instead of having to have teams whenever you do a game that requires a score if it yeah. happens often enough <laughs> sometimes it's a good idea and sometimes it's not <laughs> that still will be yeah. really nice once you get the new felt and stuff on that oh yeah yeah the, the the kid is excited to play with me on the new on the new pool table you know that's good but my next project is going to be building the so that this is going to be in the next couple of weeks i'm going to be building a an enclosure for the for my printer so i can uh try to start printing abs and nylon and stuff like that that'll be good yeah. but um the follow the following project is going to be printing up uh um a, a ball polisher so I've, I've got kind of an idea of what i want i've got a couple of different motors that i can I can hook up and get a gear to, and so. Okay. But I wanted to use ABS or nylon to do that with, possibly possibly PETG. But yeah. I was I was thinking I've I've got some ABS already kicking around. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> Did you end up <laughs> picking least... up the rest of it from Andy, or is he still storing that for you? No, I've got him. Yeah, okay. you ground up getting them. Now that space is where I keep all my empty spools because I can't seem to bring myself to throw them away. You know what? I I, I think maybe we should get together and work on a plastic recycler. <laughs> that yeah. would be fun to do. do. I know there's a, a lot of things that people have, have done to build those. I like the ones that where they use bottles and are putting together a pet or a pet recycling from like two liter bottles and things like that. Mm -hmm. That looks interesting to me. Yeah. Well, I what I, what, what I want to do is take. You, you, have you have you seen videos of those uh, chompers that basically kind of grind stuff up? Yeah. Of, you know, I I, I want to get together something like that with a couple motors where it'll chunk up the plastic into into little bits where you can re re reheat it through a pressurized little uh, deal and get actually get filament out of the other end yeah you know i that's my idea for the recycler and you know make it easy enough that it's not too difficult for just about any joe to make i have seen where there are some companies that will sell commercial level uh recycling processes to hobby 3d printers yeah and it looks kind of neat I'm not certain that it's really a ton better than most of your, you know, the ones that you see online where someone just rigged something up and it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the m more interesting things is there, um, a lot of recyclers now have started using, uh, it's like a laser meter that reads how, th uh, keeps your plastic intolerance. And okay. controls the spool that pulls the uh, the filament off of the the new hot end at that um, 
at that point. So when it pulls harder, obviously it gets thinner. And then when it doesn't pull as hard, it gets a little wider. So it keeps your filament in spec for as much of the spool as possible. That's cool. nice. And I imagine mm-hmm. that's a little bit harder to achieve without, you know, hmm. then, then, then you're limited to the size of the, uh, the nozzle that you make. So, right. But I was thinking that it, it wouldn't be too difficult to, you know, get a bunch of stuff together and make some that would probably not cause your printer too much issues as long as, you know, you're, you eat each batch that you did was all the same kind of plastic, you know, like, yeah. like you do just bottles for one, or you've got an, an, an old, uh, a, b- a bunch of old electronics cases, you know, they're, they're all going to be the same kind of plastic. That, that is another thing about the recycling is you want to be very careful not to mix your plastic types. Yep. Um, some of them just don't work well together. Um, but yeah. So I, I guess pre-sorting would be more valuable than <laughs> going through yeah. the bucket that you've already got. But you got to be, you got to be very disciplined about where you throw your plastic at that point. So. Yep. You know, sort it out into one of the 30, 32 bins like the Japanese do, you know? <laughs> yeah, really. But I mean, if it, it, it doesn't seem like it'd be that hard because like we only have like five different types of major plastics that we use on an everyday basis. And yeah. the amount of plastic you go through in a, in a, in just a week, I mean, looking at it, I, we used to be able to recycle plastic here in the in the terrace and we we haven't been since um that since thing china where, shut down yeah since china and india won't take plastic anymore um they won't let us ship bins, it out though. now <laughs> let, let, let's be honest though that wasn't really them recycling it either it was yeah. them importing it from us and then landfilling it so them not taking yeah. it anymore or at the very least they're being government that keeps us from shipping it over there um is actually better for the environment in a lot of yeah. ways because it's well it's better getting... for their own individual co- respective countries anyway right. you know us being mindful literally of our exports. they're we're literally like here we'll give you some money if you take our garbage and they're like this isn't really worth it <laughs> right <laughs> and they're not wrong whatever the motivation <laughs> yeah. was it it was it was a bum deal but so, anyway, yeah. yeah, what I was getting at is that, you know, you don't really realize the amount of plastic y- you go through in a, week, in a typical week. I mean, I have a family mm-hmm. of three and there's always one or two milk jugs and there's soda bottles and there's, you know, wow, I'm just trying to go through. And I completely agree. It gets ridiculous at some of the things that you buy when you. Oh, there was something that I bought that really bothered me. Something refrigerated where it was in this big plastic container and it had a lot more plastic and stuff on it. And it was, I got one up there now that's got kiwis in it. It's just this big plastic bin full of kiwis. And it's like, oh, the that's kiwis it. are completely fine by just by themselves. You know, you don't that's need exactly to put it in a big plastic bag yeah, or plastic I to, uh, box. I wanted to buy an individual kiwi. And they don't sell them like that at my grocery store anymore. You got to buy them 
like by five or six in these in the big plastic bin exactly yeah, yeah. and um uh, yeah that's exactly what i was thinking it's those bins and the things and and the, 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 the cake bins and the croissant bin you know that's just those those plastic i remember what it was i was at work this was i was at a local um soup house place that does soups mostly and uh, the roll that they gave you just little uh, what do you call it? A, a baguette or something? You know, it's just a little like French. Roll. No, the baguettes are the long, thin ones. Oh, anyway. okay. It's a roll. It's it's kind of like a French, uh, like just a, a little soup roll. roll, bread roll. Yeah, mini, exactly. A mini sub roll. Yeah. And they they put it in one of those darn plastic containers, and it just like a clamshell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A full blown clamshell, and it was like a nice, good quality clamshell too. Not even like one of the ones that you'd find that you know you'd you'd keep stuff in the freezer or something with. It's like a thinner, cheaper plastic. Now this was some mm-hmm. thicker gauge, you know, high yeah. mill kind of stuff, and it just it blew my mind. Like, and it was in a paper bag inside of this plastic thing, and the whole thing they put inside of the whole plastic container was also inside of a larger cardboard box, kind of similar to the ones that KFC gives. Mm-hmm. That holds the rest of the food. So you open the big KFC cardboard box. You got the soups and stuff in there. And then you got this big plastic container. And on the inside of that plastic container, you have a paper bag that is holding a roll. So <laughs> two things come to mind. I think I know what soup place you're talking about. And I do like their soup. Yeah, they're uh, delicious. Th- the second thing is, let's be clear, you're not talking about KFC. No. In fact, KFC is actually wasting less because for the same amount mm-hmm. of money you get less food and, and the, the containers they use i think are biodegradable because i don't think they're even plasticized on the I, outside. I think that most of what they use is paper yeah like, like it, it's uh sealed paper so there's probably some kind of plastic seal on it but um it, it's not it's much more biodegradable than just your average plastic um but because you get less for your money they're literally making less things that create waste, less volume of waste for the same price. So Yeah. Especially when just a little what is it, the uh, wax paper bag that holds it would have been plenty for right. the whole thing. Well, Andy, have you worked on anything this week? Uh, yeah, I've worked on a, a couple of things. I've I've uh, been working hard. Let me, let me So it's not here. hardly working? Yeah, so I I mentioned last week that my printer's X carriage homing uh, switch, what would you call that? Limit switch had gone out. And um, in the the meantime, I had jumped into the G-code for my machine and uh, turn off the homing position to home all and then just hold it to home just Y, just Z. And then to reset the X coordinates to the negative 15 or 17 or whatever it was that my printer usually homes at. And mm-hmm. then that way, before I, whenever I would start it, I'd have to move, make sure the X carriage was in its home position before starting the printer, and it would still print fine. And I did this while I was waiting for parts because the limit switches, the micro switches I do have are a different size, and the ones I do have of the correct size are not levered switches. They don't have the little metal lever on them. So I had to buy some new ones. But in the meantime, that was working out pretty good. It allowed me to still use the printer, even though I couldn't home X properly. By the way, Marlin sits there panicking the entire print, saying that it couldn't home X and there's something wrong, which is kind of (laughs) silly to watch it. But it still printed fine without any problems. 
It just sat there blinking question marks on the X location every single time through the entire print. Problem. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't I don't know if this is right. I, it's, it's somewhere. I don't know where X actually is. I can't do that, Andy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but uh, I, I got them like I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday this last week, and so I I went in and I I put the new switches in and fixed the G code, the start G code back to where it was, and everything's back to working fine, which is really good. So been doing that. Um, I've been working on some printing some model rockets with the kids, and we designed a model rocket. There's been a lot going into that. We're basing we're using uh, Estes engines in a model rocket and we're doing this in place because it's coming up on the 4th of july and last year we were so disappointed in the fireworks and stuff we decided you know what let's do model rockets next year that's something that we can design and print together with the sun and then everybody in the family can sit and and paint one and then for the 4th of july we can go shoot them off and spend way less than we would on fireworks and still have that same kind of you know event that's you know kind of similar to fireworks and And so then yeah. So I've been working on that. We start. We decided to start really simple. We found an Estes rocket that was a very basic rocket that we could kind of model off from so we can, you know, start simple before we start getting crazy with it. Sure. And uh, the plastic, the 3D plastic is always going to be heavier than the rockets themselves, than the ones Estes comes up with, which is to be expected. But you look at a lot of YouTube videos out there and a lot of people have quite a bit of success. Um, there is always the problem of the rocket melting the plastics down. So one of the things that we did do differently is the engine mount section of the rocket we made on ours screw into the bottom of the rocket instead of the engine going into the rocket itself, the entire mount screws on to the rocket. And that way, you know, once it goes off, because the first firing of the rocket, there's not enough heat transfer there to affect anything. It's that floating down and sitting on the ground when it, things really get melty. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's really a whole lot of way around that. So instead, we made it so the engine mounts are one-time use mounts for the most part. I mean, if you get one that lives through it, then great, you could reuse it. But generally speaking, if it melts, it's fine. It's not part of the rocket. And then the, the fins start um, you know, above the engine mount and come down over the engine mount so that the fins are still in the same place. But uh, so we started doing all that, and uh, things were working out pretty good. The initial designs were um, almost three times as heavy as the Estes rocket, which we knew it would be heavy, and that's understandable. The Estes rocket we're designing it off of is a pretty light one to start with, and with even an, an A engine inside of that particular rocket, it goes up way higher than what we need. So running three times as heavy, we're hoping that a larger engine will compensate. And, that's part of the plan is once we get one that passes the sling test and things like that, we're going to go and take it out and try launching it with an A, see how high it goes, or if it leaves the pad at all, and then move up to a B and then up to a C and figure out what one would work best for us to do for the whole family. And then I'll and reprint. completely destroy the launch pad. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, and then we'll print up enough for each one of the family and then we can paint them. And that would be the the kind of the fun part that everybody gets to do is they get to paint their rocket. And so kind of in the middle of that, it did occur to me when I went to go print the rocket that there's a lot of things I could do in the slicer to actually make it a quite a bit lighter. I mean, most of my prints are printed with two shells at 20% infill. That's kind of my default for all my prints, unless I 
working uh, outside of that for some reason if I need it, you know, 100% or even less or whatnot. But this time I figured, let me try to print it with just one shell, which is something I really don't do. And on top of it, I wanted to print all the rocket pieces at once. This rocket we've designed breaks down into four separate pieces, an upper, a lower, a engine mount, and a nose cone. And so I put all four on the bed. And typically my parts are small enough that I can print, I can have multiple things on the bed and print one at a time without it interfering with the carriage. But these rocket pieces are going to be too tall. I have to print them as if it's one solid model. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but this is something I usually don't do. Turns out I have a ridiculous amount of stringing happening within uh, my printer. For oh PLA. yeah, you showed that to And us I've been fighting that. And stringing's not something I've ever really had too much of a problem with. But I think just the normal way I print, um, I don't put myself in a position where stringing would be noticeable. It's like I always print with two shells most of the time. And I print my inner shell first. So when it prints the inner shell, that's where the damage is taking place from the stringing. You get the initial under extrusion from the stringing. And then it moves to the outer shell where it's working fine with no retractions. And then it moves up and starts printing the, uh, the inner again or after the infill, the inner again. And that's where the problem is. And it's, so it's all hidden. You never notice it. But trying to print just one shell around the rocket, it became kind of obvious that this isn't working right. So the last part of today, I've been fighting my printer, trying to tune it to get rid of the stringing. And right before the podcast started here, um, I, I printed a bunch of towers testing different things. I've gone through uh, retraction speeds and went from uh, ridiculously low to ridiculously high retraction speeds and still have a lot of stringing uh, that didn't seem to really change a whole lot along the entire print. Um, I've tried retraction differences, looking for any kind of changes, and no real changes up on there. More I also love crafty and horrors. Yep. Yes, yes, no kidding. Um, so temperature, I've always printed PLA at 205. I've never differed from that. But you print PLA too hot, you can ooze really, really super easy. So, okay, let's do a temperature tower. So my first temperature tower went from 210 down to 185. Still oozing the entire way with no reduction. So, okay, let's get stupid then. From 185 down to one like 60 something. And it stopped printing. Um, it didn't completely print this tower. It stopped at about 170 degrees, which makes sense. But all the way up to 170 before it stopped, it's still oozing like crazy. So I don't know what to do yet. Um, looking online, you know, this isn't a problem I fought before. I've only been fighting this problem for the last couple of hours. And looking online, those three things are really the only thing that contributes to a lot of stringing and oozing, um, as well as the printer filaments. So I might try a few more things after the podcast here, but I might be stuck with this being this way. And so I might go back up to printing two shells with this rocket because two shells prints beautiful every single time, just like everything else I've ever done. Two shells seems to work. So. That's that's been my event. I've got a lot of these little towers, these stringing towers all over with uh, just, terrible examples of stringing. <laughs> well, let's just bite the bullet here and move on to three shells. <laughs> yeah, three no seashells? Kidding. Chris, the, the, this is supposed no to be a PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But that's that's been my adventure these last few hours is dealing with that. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to keep on fighting that battle this next upcoming week and 
or, or maybe not. We'll see if I can find anything else to try and make a, a tower of to, you know, adjust settings or whatnot. I'll give it a shot. Sure. I did check my temperature to make sure that it was correct with an IR camera. So my IR camera with the printer balanced and solid at 205, my IR camera was saying 204.75. So and it does 0.25 enough. increments. Yeah. So it, it seems to be accurate with the temperature listed because I did just barely change my thermostat out. And so I checked it already when I put the new thermostat in and put the, the correct offsets and stuff. But I went and double checked it just now and that seems to be correct too. So I don't know what to do about this problem. I haven't really had it before, but since it kind of completely goes away with two shells, I might wind up just kind of ignoring it and moving on if I can't get it fixed. So the question becomes at what point is it worth the time you would put into it to figure it out, right? Exactly. Printing the difference between one shell and two shell. If I print one shell, my rocket's only twice as heavy as the Estes model and two shells, it's only a little bit more than three times as heavy. So it is quite a reduction, but when you're talking about being heavy, it's not that big of a deduction. If I can get these rockets to fly a good four, 500 feet into the air, that's perfect. And when this Estes rocket is supposed, the Estes rocket is supposed to do a little bit more than a thousand with an A engine, then I should be able to accomplish 400 with a C. So, but and we'll let's see be how honest that goes. too. Uh, n- not to encourage you to set your expectations too low. But as long as it leaves the ground and the kids are having fun, does it matter? Yeah, that's true. That is very true. <laughs> I mean, it's the, it is the perfectionist I, here. And I hear you. I do. And it's always fun to figure that out. But even if, if it goes up 20 feet and everybody's happy, then everybody's happy <laughs> and you can play with it later. That's but, true. Uh, that is true. But see, after one wall, I could have gone and printed in Voss mode. And might have even been able to get close to the actual Estes rocket weight with boss mode. So I printed in boss mode. Voss, oh, you mean yeah. you, you mean the one that they vase Voss that kind vase. of Voss? I thought you were yeah. pronunciating with a B. Oh, okay, yeah, I've done oh. that. <laughs> Where okay, I yeah. could go down to just one layer. Period. Yeah, and, and it could even I, reduce I, it even further by screwing on an old 0.4 nozzle instead of the 0.6s I've moved up to as well too. Okay, yeah, because I, I I did use uh, Voss mode myself. Um, printed, I didn't even realize I I actually printed a Voss for my <laughs> okay. mother my mother in law last fall for to, to to put some fake flowers in and things. Nice. And yeah, I forgot about that. It was really cool because like it printed this. It was completely. It was completely hollow, and it printed mm. a, a film across the top of the a top of the vase, the vase. Uh-huh. And so, as soon as it was done printing, have you guys ever, you know, those seals that they have on like, <laughs> uh, on like plate yogurts and things, right? It, yeah. it was kind of like that. You just kind of peeled it off, and there was your vase. It was, <laughs> it was cool. interesting. That is cool. Like my printer probably didn't need to print that, but it was part of the file, so eh. yeah, that is neat. That is odd. Well, what about you, Frank? What have you been working on this past week? The only thing that I have printed was after we we recorded last week. I printed off um, a different grip for the uh, Joy Cons. Um, my nephew was using some of the grips that I had before. 
and it was too big for his hands. So I, I had to go in and find one that was not too big for a 10 year old and not still too small for an adult to use just the joy con. So I found one that worked out real well. I think it'll work well for him. And, uh, the rest of the week, I have had oddly other stuff on my mind, so didn't get very far. I still think it's wrong that you're putting anything above 3D printing. Yeah, this was your idea in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to sit here and tell me family is more important than running your printer? Uh, you're in the wrong podcast, sir. Well, okay, so... <laughs> I work for my machine. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it is yeah, what no it problem. is. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's totally fine. You can't always be printing, but uh, I'm not feeling so quick on my feet any right now. So, oh, that's yeah. okay. Gosh, last week I think everybody was falling asleep right at the very end there. So it got yeah, uh, that was weird. Like <laughs> everybody we all, we all got at the same time. <laughs> we all got stupid at the same moment. <laughs> something in the air. I still think it yeah. was something in the air. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially when you consider that uh, we all live in completely different houses when doing this podcast, mm -hmm. so are, are in completely different locations. Well, <laughs> must have been they, an electronic virus. You know how those can get infected. <laughs> we all got our COVID vaccine, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's something on the internet, something about this podcast that's infecting my... Uh, my Bill Gates chip that I got from the COVID vaccine. Oh, <laughs> oh, he, he, he feels competition with his book. He doesn't want to have us <laughs> compete with his book. That's the only thing that makes any sense. I mean, yeah. we, we, we've got a whole, we actually got one more. We've got 27 subscribers right now. Oh, yay. And apparently competing with Bill Gates is, the biggest problem he's got. So <laughs> maybe he's just jealous that he wasn't invited to do a cage match with Zuckerberg and Musk this last week. So <laughs> I don't know. I think he could take them both. Zuckerberg. <laughs> I think Zuckerberg looks a little squirrely, but uh, Musk could definitely go down quick. Yeah, I think Musk is the beefier guy, but Zuckerberg actually like practices a lot of martial arts and stuff like that. He's really into it on his own personal time. I think he doesn't have personal time. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I wish it would be neat to to sit down and just hang out with the guy for a day to see. I mean, everywhere you hear about him, he's he's um, everybody puts this. What's a good way to describe this? Like he's a, a freaking computer, you know? Mm -hmm. They always make fun of yellowing his skin and making him look like Data from Star Trek all the time, you know? And I totally get it because he kind of fits that. And all the audio I've ever really heard of the guy, he's been either doing a um, uh, something for uh, Facebook in general or uh, what do you, whatever he calls it now. Um, it's where he's been doing like a public address with somebody or he's been in court. And so that's the only time I've ever really got to see him. I mean, you see Musk out there all the time, and you're getting that guy. No, I mean, even if he is right in court, you're getting that guy. Well, and but Zuckerberg, so, so, I think, is is holding back. <laughs> I I do feel like Musk has got enough free time to accidentally buy Twitter, and then spend <laughs> the whole time trolling himself. So <laughs> no kidding, right? 
Yeah, that was. I don't think that he puts his free time into anything valuable. Yeah, I gotta say. So, I mean, just like seeing the personality of the guy. Like, I would like to see Zuckerberg stub his toe and just see how he reacts. You know, how human is he? How much can you actually relate to him? You know, I I just think I I would believe that he could stub his toe and not notice. (laughs) That's the the opinion I get too. (laughs) Well, he's just one of those neurodivergent weirdos, kind of like you know we were in high school and stuff. But you know, yeah, I just. You just don't really see it in any of the videos and anything I've ever seen of him. You know, he's always put together, and the person he's putting forward is intentional. Where must maybe a little confused like... by the judges' questions, like. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I love those can, moments. Can you please <laughs> repeat the question? You could just see it in him, man. That he's just like, really, this this is the question. <laughs> oh man. I got pulled into the circus. It's not my fault. (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. I just, I would like to see how human he really is. Because I I bet he's, I would like to think that just like any other person, he's just a normal human being in person, you know, but just a little little socially awkward, probably. I mean, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I haven't really gotten an opportunity to see any of that. Like he's very calculated whenever he's on a video of any kind, you know, he's very intentional on his actions where you get people like Musk and even Gates is like that way too, where that's, they're just being themselves for the most part, even if there's a camera on them. When Zuckerberg's like acting a particular way when he's got a camera on him. Yeah. I mean, Gates is very, very much, um, uh, emotionally, uh, emotionally, displayable yeah you see see him dancing on stage and you know doing stuff that you'd be doing when you're excited and yeah yeah you can see an honest smile from him on camera and same with musk but on zuckerberg i don't i don't know if his face can even make that shape (laughs) (laughs) haven't seen proof of it yet anyway not maybe not without it being very much like data after the actor (laughs) got into playing the role where like is he smiling because he thinks that it's amusing or is he smiling because he thinks that we think it should be amusing? Yeah. And what do you do <laughs> if it, his laugh is similar to that of like data's brother or something, you know, when he's always snickering or something that would lead into the whole conspiracy thing really hard oh. and in a bad direction too. <laughs> uh, if anything, he, he's, <laughs> if anything, he's more data's, evil twin than data anyhow so well if yeah. you follow all yeah. the new star all the new star trek they all got integrated together into one spoilers you, you need a you need to precurse that stuff with spoilers because you know we're still within two months after the series aired that episode and You're i'm right. not even I'm watching that I, show I, yet I, I gotta I gotta wait for it to finish, and I've seen little bits and pieces of that. Andy, I never attributed that to be part of the TV show. With you, it doesn't even really matter, though. You can't remember what you watched <laughs> yesterday. So That's true. We're, we're talking about normal viewers who retain TV shows that they've watched. You're just jealous. I get to watch the classics over and over and enjoy them again and again, as if it was the first time. You say that like I watch TV anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Oh, I've been reading more books for the last year. I yeah. think I've read more books than uh, my time has been spent reading books a hell of a lot more than it's been 
watching TV. So that's good. I got I get TV time when I do the dishes. I can watch TV, and so. <laughs> This last week, trying to make that little bit of TV time I do get a little bit more enjoyable. I wound up getting a tablet that no one uses in the household and putting it up there, you know, in front of the sink and stuff. And I could Did watch you mount it, from it using uh, 3D printed brackets? No, but that is the plan. I just wanted to make <laughs> sure it's something I wanted to actually keep there for a little while before make you know making that kind of move. But uh, you, you still got have... the window right by the sink, right? Just put it on suction cups so you can take it off without ruining the wall. Oh, that's I... a really good idea. Just make I'm a little back... dock there for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm back, I'm... baby. <laughs> <laughs> that is. I, I'm still a little confused. That, yeah, I'm oh, still sorry. a little confused that you don't have your own tablet, Andy. Oh, like, yeah, I, mean, I just don't use it. I use my phone for everything, and I got my you know laptop for everything else, and the server downstairs does all the traditional stuff that i need to leave on at home or, or you know maintenance wise and it, so it does all that that's all i really need I don't really have I a don't, tablet i don't need a hundred devices myself i understand completely especially so, when my phone does everything for me if i like if i need a big screen i just turn on decks on my phone and my laptop and just throw it on my laptop and then i've got full-blown android on the laptop and that's my tablet so so you, you you don't you don't have your tiny screen and your medium screen and your slightly larger screen and then the big screen all in front of you for your entertainment at the same time? No, but I do You're have weirdo. a program on my phone to mirror the laptop and make it an additional screen. It's got a refresh rate of like 20 frames per second, so I can't really use it for a whole lot, but that does give me a little bit of an extra screen. <laughs> yeah, I do like Dex mode, though. It's great because I actually... That's what I use my tablet for around the house. I was like, um, I'll use my tablet in Dex mode for you know popping popping something on on the TV or you know yeah. vice versa. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, I got a Chromecast on the TV so I can cast stuff to it. But honestly, it's been a little while since I've used that. I've also yeah, got so Plex I've... on the TV upstairs and Plex everywhere in our household, and so we just use that for most of the media sharing. Yeah, and I use VLC for a lot of the media sharing too. Except VLC doesn't work on Roku. I have a Roku TV. Yeah. So but Roku's got its own media player that can access any um shared media uh uh media player stuff. Oh that's nice. So, so yeah, you can just check the media player's server on my server and there's all my shows. So there's the integrated app into my TV where I can just find it via folder and there it is so nice it works out good chirp 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 i guess that means that we uh should probably wrap up this uh episode yeah, no sorry for making no. it short i don't have a whole lot to say don't wrap up the episode you plastic waster well <laughs> who knew that kevin being there but not saying anything would fill 40 minutes of content <laughs> well he does give me a lot to talk about personally because i got to sit there and try to impress the guy to get a smile out of him so that leads to more talking too and, and it's funny to watch you uh sycophantly uh try that and fail more <laughs> often than you're successful <laughs> i love you too buddy <laughs> what are friends for oh beauty all right well yep, that's my world. 
We would like to thank everyone for listening to the very end. The very, very end. Uh, if you like what you hear, please give us all the stars and subscribe. We are available through a wide variety of podcast vendors and so are easy to share. If you have feedback or if you have content requests, please let us know. You can find us in our Facebook group, Amateur 3D Pod, or you can email us at panelists at amateur3dpod.com. For individual feedback, you can email us at Franklin, Kevin, Andy, or Chris at amateur3dpod.com. The music in this episode was written by Kevin Buckner. OpenAI's Whisper completed the heavy lifting in the transcripts, which you can find linked in the description. Our panelists this week are me, Franklin, well, our panelists overall, completely, <laughs> totally, because I like to stumble. <laughs> our panelists are me, Franklin Christensen, and my friends, Kevin Buckner, Chris Weber, and Andy Cottom. Minus and, Kevin this week. Yeah, like that. Until next time, we're going offline. Oh, this is the set part where I say the bit, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just got stringing and oozing everywhere, so that's all I got. <laughs>